learn as we go. I mean, I can't give you a clear-cut answer to that because I, I really don't know. We are just starting to kind of scratch the surface of what they need. So really, like even for in Belize, we just started working with, um, we've got homes there for human trafficking. And obviously, we're not going to be doing service trips there, right? But um, there, are, there are ways that they said even their counselors need counseling and need supports. Welcome to the Missions Pastor Podcast, presented by One Child. One Child is a global community of child champions that serves children in poverty so they can discover hope and reach their God-given potential. We believe that the local church has the message of hope that the world desperately needs to hear. And in every episode, we highlight churches, pastors, and ministries who are working to bring that hope to hard places. I'm David Jesse. I am your host for today's conversation with Laurel Fishbook. Laurel has worn a lot of hats over the years at Christ the King Church in Bellingham, Washington, most recently as Director of Missions. And one of Christ the King's primary values is being outward focused and to see every person who attends involved in missions and outreach. I asked Laurel what that looks like at Christ the King. I think we're just beginning to develop what that looks like. I, we, what we're trying to avoid is that it's an experience for people, and it's a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Sometimes that parents want for their kids, or even for themselves, they, you know, want to broaden horizons, or just even understand what other cultures are like. So, we are trying to make this personal for everyone, and that it's it's an investment, and it's a lifetime commitment. Instead of just a, a momentary experience throughout your lifetime. So we are just launching actually a new position called the Global Ambassador. And what we're doing is having this couple from our church, Brian and Tracy Hall, that will be personally visiting all our partners across the globe and wow. really finding out what their true needs are are by serving alongside them, not asking them to, to host them in any way, shape or form, but literally coming alongside and walking with them as they, as they do their daily work, which I think we can sometimes be really naive as to what is all involved in that. And so our hope is that through that in-depth connection, they are going to be able to develop bridges between CTK and our partners. And it's going to look really different. I mean, our, our, some of our partnerships have to do with human trafficking. Others are in Africa where, um, you know, there, there is more hands-on help needed. Some are in Thailand where businessmen are looking for Christian mentors. And hmm. so the connection is going to look very, very different, but we want everybody to be involved in global missions to some degree. And traveling isn't for everybody. It's not always a service trip. And that isn't even always um, beneficial to our partners on the other end. So we are just trying to find ways that everybody can be involved on a continual basis and really, really get to know what our partners are doing and how they can serve them better. You mentioned that one of your goals is for missions to be so much more than just an experience that, you know, you've gone on one or two missions trips to Africa or Latin America. And that's what you think of when you, when it's missions, you want it to be a lifestyle. You want it to be a part of their heartbeat and the church's heartbeat and everybody being engaged with this. Why is that important? 
I think I've seen it in my own life and just even as we've traveled where there's so much of a one and done, right? And you walk away with these lessons you never want to forget and then you forget them because you get distracted and life happens. And I think the only way we can truly do what God's called us to do is it wasn't a, a one you know, a a momentary command that, Hey, check the box and you're done. No, this was, this was part of what we were supposed to be doing every day of our life. And it is supposed to be in our mind with our neighbors, with our, everybody that crosses our path, we are supposed to have a missional heart. And so I think it, it matters to me too, just even seeing when we travel buildings that, that are never used and, and Mm. needs that, we perceive that our partners want and really it's just getting in in the way of their ministries and hindering them and exhausting them at times. So I think so often what we are focused on in with the best of intentions in, in changing our heart or opening up our eyes can sometimes do more damage on the other end. And it doesn't leave us necessarily with the change that is going to be that effective in our life or in theirs. So we just want something that is, it's real and it's personal and we get to know them truly as people. We know their their names. We know their kids' names. We know their prayer requests. We know what they're struggling with. We know their challenges, their victories, just like you would a friend. So it's not just a picture on the wall of your church, but it's actually somebody that you know, and you want to walk alongside with them. You want to do life with them. That changes their life and it will most definitely change yours. Hmm. So you moved into this role sort of uh, as uh, uh, there was a need and the church needed to adjust the way that they were doing their missions program at CTK. And as the, uh, the, the wife of the, of the lead pastor, you know, you, you tend to wear lots of different hats, but this is a passion for you. And so you stepped in, uh, to help lead this, this initiative and transition it to someone else to make it stronger for that. Um, and of course, COVID slowed things down as it did, I'm sure for, for a lot of missions programs, as I know it did, but how specifically have you taken CTK's missions program from what it was before to where it's at now as you're positioning it for someone else to take this leadership role where it's not about experiences. It's, it's like specifically what is it, is it, does it look like now? I, I think the biggest change. So I grew up in a very traditional church where you, you sent a check. You, you We knew the mission, you know, the missionaries we supported and um, they maybe visited on an annual basis and gave a report and that's it. There was really no other connection with them. So we have, intentionally in the last three years kind of honed in on a limited number of partners. I think we we really only have 14. I haven't even counted them, but I would guess about 14. So it's not like we have a lot of global partners, but we are committed to them on a very personal level, which means Mm -hmm. we are, we are talking to them via email or via zoom and building relationships with them. So it is, 
I, I can't even say that I had this deep passion for missions, quite honestly, before I started. Mm. I wish I could because that is mm. supposed to be a part of who we are. But I, I knew it was in me. I cared about these people. I didn't know their faces. I didn't know their stories. It was mm. just so distant from me. And my biggest desire as I jumped into this, not really knowing where it was headed. God just did the leading and I tried my best to follow, but ended up with a deep desire for our church as a whole to know these partners like I got to know them because they changed my life. They challenged me. They inspired Mm. me. Um, There is so much. I am not the same person that I was three years ago because (laughs) of the impact that they had on my life. And I desperately wanted to share that with our church as a whole. And I think that's where the focus, um, you know, really, really dug into the, that we were giving ourselves a bandwidth that we could focus on them to, you know, give them the attention they needed without spreading too far and wide with partners. And um, so we limited the numbers. And then now with the global ambassador um, initiative, we're really, really hoping all of CTK can get to know them in the same way that myself and the missions team has got to know them. So it's different in that respect is I think we're really making it a lot more personal, not only for us as a church, but for our partners. They truly feel we are a safe place when they have just personal needs and and um, within their family, not just even within their ministry, they're reaching out to us for prayer and and we're able to reach back in ways that have just been amazing to help support them, not only on a ministry level, but also personal. And I think one of the biggest things that is easy to overlook is the front line, what they're doing. We look beyond that and we want to reach the lost, which of course, that is a huge part of it. But but the people on the front lines are the ones that are doing the work on the daily basis. And mm-hmm. a lot of them are dying on the vine. They're exhausted. Mm-hmm. They're weary. And when we plan some of these service trips, it just adds to what they're already doing. Um, and it takes a toll. And so we are really, really trying to focus on what they're doing. And we've our partners, we, we know them well. We know they're doing great work. So they don't need us. To, to teach them better how to do what they're already doing. They just need love and encouragement and support. And so there are times where we will say, you're exhausted and we're sending you and your family away. You're going on vacation. Mm. You need to take a big, deep breath. And again, that's going to look so different from partner to partner, but we do hold them accountability for life and balance too. So mm. we want them to be healthy and because obviously they are going to be able to serve others better too. And that goes for all of us, right? Life and balance is a challenge, I think, across the board. So what does this look like then for, you know, if for, for different groups and uh, within the church? I mean, if every believer, young to old, you want them engaging with a missional attitude, so they're reaching every person everywhere. What's that look like for, you know, the different groups within the church, your, your older adults, your children, your youth, your singles, your families, they all are in different stages of life. How does it, how does it look differently for each one of those stages or those different groups? Yeah. Well, I hope we learn as we go. I mean, I can't give you a clear cut answer to that because I, I really don't know. We are just starting to kind of scratch the surface of what they need. So really like even for in Belize, we just started working with, um, We've got homes there for human trafficking, and obviously we're not going to be doing service trips there, right? But Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. there are 
there are ways that they said even their counselors need counseling and need support. So mm-hmm. you know, we may be engaging counselors from our church to actually work with them and support them. Um, we, we most definitely still will be doing service trips. So please don't think I'm trying to give them a bad name. I, <laughs> I just think the intention has to be has to be really clear and laid out for both sides. And there has to be a level of commitment that this isn't just, you aren't just going to, you know, build a building. It, it is truly about the relationship and getting to know them. And we're all going to be helping in different ways. And that is an incredible gift when there's plumbers and electricians and, and construction people that can go and, and help minim- minimize the cost for what's needed on the other end. So most definitely that will be happening, especially now with COVID, you know, the restrictions lifting, we'll be able to do more of that again. But I, I'm not exactly sure. We're, we're also going to do a quarterly church service with our, you know, depending where our global ambassadors are to even give our, our church a feel for the type of worship and how it varies from culture to culture. And mm, um, mm-hmm. so we, we're just trying to integrate ourselves into their world and theirs into ours. So we truly, truly are partners and we're doing life together and we're doing ministry together. I, and I, I'm excited for what it's going to look like. I don't know exactly what mm-hmm. God has in store, but I know it's going to be amazing. And I know people are going to be able to experience global missions in a way that they haven't had the opportunity to do so before. Laurel's transparency about how they don't have this figured out yet is wonderful. Uh, It's an important lesson we all need to remember as our churches continue to walk the path laid out before us. We all want to have it figured out. But the most important thing is to continue to move forward while we're learning. We'll get back to our conversation with Laurel after this brief message from One Child. Together we believe extreme child poverty has an end and it starts with hope. Hope is a vision for a better future, a way to get there and the courage to try. And it is built through the church all over the world coming together as one global community to help children thrive. We create a partnership experience that reflects your heart for the world. Together, we find the point where our mission and vision intersect to address the needs of children living in hard places. Together, we are a community that sees children as solutions, not problems. A community with the courage to go to the hard places. A community that gives so children can thrive. Together, this is us. Your church, a shared vision, celebrating global impact through the local church. For more information, visit onechild.org partnership. When we listen to the Holy Spirit and obey what he's saying, lives are changed. I asked Laurel to share some stories of how she's seen this happen as Christ the King has shifted its focus in missions and outreach. I think it... it one of the biggest thing that come that comes to mind is just how people are being sensitive to to God tapping on them on the shoulder. I had a lady walk up to me. Um, this was several months ago, and just handed me a check for a thousand dollars and said, 
God told me mm-hmm. to give this to you. I know that you are going to know how to use it. And it was within the intent that it was something globally, right? And at that moment in time, I didn't know exactly what it was intended for. And the next day I opened up my email and it was from one of our partners in Africa that said, I just visited a village that they're traveling 17 kilometers every single day to get water and because their well is, isn't working anymore. And in order to repair this well and what was needed, it was approximately a thousand dollars. And so <laughs> because of the travel and everything that it required to, to bring materials to there. So Obviously, the thousand dollars went towards this well, and we now call it the the Miracle Well Village because people within that village had prayed, Lord, if you're there, you're going to bring us water. And he tapped a lady in Whatcom County <laughs> to do just that and answer their <laughs> prayer. And now there's a church there, there's a school there, and it is just amazing to watch this village know Jesus that they had no no commitment or personal relationship with him before. And suddenly it is, it is a little village that's changing the the corner of the world they're in because of one obedient person really following through on what God was asking them to do. So even through COVID, God was on the move and meeting needs in the most extraordinary ways. It's just important that we really listen and it might not look the same as we did before and be in the normal traditional ways. But, but if we have an open heart and an open mind, there's going to be opportunity put right in front of us. Uh, what was it like for this, uh, obedient, uh, woman that, that listened to the Holy Spirit's prompting and made that gift? Uh, what was it like for the, her when she found out about how this village had been praying for a well and she was a part of answering that prayer? What was her response? It's true to her nature. She really wasn't surprised because she is one of the, those <laughs> people that had a full confidence you know, this was, God had a plan for these funds. And, um, and of course she was so excited that it wasn't just something that affected one person. It literally brought life to an entire village. And (laughs) that was just an, it warmed all of us. We were able to share the story with our church and those stories are just inspirational to people and, and life giving. And, and it, if we respond in the same way and just really, really listen, it multiplies and grows. So no, I am so thankful. It, it, you know, so many people say, what can just one person do? Well, one person made all the difference here. They literally saved a village. So one person's choice to be obedient and act on it can literally have a global impact. So you're transitioning out of this role. Um, you, you, you had your season where you were building health and systems and I and processes into the missions ministry there um, at CTK. And now you're transitioning out of this. Um, so looking back on all of the lessons that you've learned over the, the three crazy years um, that you've been a part of this, if you were to give any advice to a missions pastor or a director that was really trying to elevate um, the effectiveness of their missions ministry to go beyond the 
once a year ministry report from a missionary and we're sending money overseas and we see them when they come home on furlough, but to being a part of something that was more significant when it comes to missions, what kind of advice would you give that missions pastor? Hmm. It's hard. I think the hardest part of this job is saying no sometimes because you want to help every need that there is. And I really believe, um, I've had to look at it that if it's if it's not something God's calling me to do, he's calling someone else. But the need is great. And I think it's it's easy to spread yourself too thin and you're you're helping a lot of people, um, and maybe in a lot of ways, depending on the size of your church and your budget, of course. But I think what people need so desperately is relationship, even beyond the monthly support, which is vital, you know, of course, but, but ministry is hard, whether it's global Mm -hmm. or here, it is, it is taxing. And, and I think it can be a really, really lonely place for people. And so I would just encourage them to really get to know those partners personally and, and what they need, what their prayer, prayer requests are personally, not just ministry wise. And we keep saying that, that, you know, we love you and we support you for who you are, not for what you're doing. You don't need to perform for -hmm. us. And I think there is an element of thought that you're giving us a check. So we need to give you a list of all the things that we're doing. Like we're doing this, we're doing this, we're doing that. And, um, and they're forgetting that their family should be first and they need that quiet time with Jesus too, not just spreading it to, to everybody. So and that you only know where they are personally in their relationship with Jesus if you know them personally. And so I think that would be my biggest piece of advice is it's such a blessing to them. And like I said, for me, it it was just a life-changing experience how they spoke into my life and, and have been praying for me on my own personal journey. And so, yeah, I think, I mean, I, I know every missions department, I'm sure, is different from church to church and maybe met our base that way. I'm just saying from my own personal experience, it hasn't been. And so it was a big change for me and it was a beautiful change for me. Laurel's experience in leading this change in mission strategy at Christ the King gives her a unique perspective we can all learn from. Here are three pieces of advice to take from our conversation. First, be willing to change. Uh, Just because something has worked for years doesn't mean it's the right way to keep doing things in the future. These changes may actually breathe new life into your missions ministry. Second, serving in missions can grow someone's heart for missions. Laurel has always understood how important missions is, but didn't really become passionate about it until she began leading this ministry. The same thing can happen for anyone in our churches. And finally, the end goal for all of this should be about these relationships. Our missionaries and those serving in outreach need to know that they are loved and that they are cared for. And anything that we can do to deepen those relationships is critical to their health and the health of our outreach ministries. I 
want to thank Laurel for joining me on this episode of the Missions Pastor Podcast. If you want to learn more about Christ the King, go to ctk.church. And thank you for listening to the Missions Pastor Podcast. This show is presented by One Child. We are a global community of child champions that serves children in poverty so they can discover hope and reach their God-given potential. To learn more about how your church can partner with One Child to bring hope to hard places, go to onechild.org slash partnerships. Thank you.